Issues Etc. relies on a small group of faithful supporters called the Issues Etc. Reformation Club. These listeners have pledged to become monthly or annual contributors to Issues Etc., and this allows us to budget our expenses more efficiently. Now, there are four levels of giving. The Confessor, $25 monthly, or an annual gift of $250. The Apologist, $50 monthly, or an annual gift of $500. The Reformer, $100 monthly, or an annual gift of $1,000. And The Patron, $200 monthly, or an annual gift of $2,000. Reformation Club benefits include shirts, books, broadcast transcripts, and advertising for confessional Lutheran churches. Learn more about joining the Issues Etc. Reformation Club on the support donate page at issuesetc.org and look for the picture of Martin Luther posting the 95 Theses or call Lynn 618-223-8385. The Issues Etc. Reformation Club. the defining points of modern-day Judaism is that if nothing else is true, Jesus is not the Messiah. But what happens when someone comes to the realization that he is? When God's Word and the Holy Spirit thereby convinces someone who's believed their whole life that Jesus isn't the Messiah, that he is. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. It's our series, Paths to Lutheranism. Today, a path from Judaism to Lutheranism. Sahar Sadlovsky joins us, a former adherent to Judaism, studying for the ministry in Scandinavia, a program at Concordia Theological Seminary, and he joins us from Tel Aviv. Sahar, welcome. Good evening, Todd. What is life like right now in Tel Aviv during the Israel-Hamas war? I would say not as bad as our brothers and sisters in the south, in the villages near uh, Gaza, but we still, of course, grieving for uh, the loss and for the massacre that we have experienced of the, on the 7th of October. We still need to uh, take a shelter when rockets fired at us several times a day. And we, of course, at the same time expressing national solidarities. we helping a lot to people who came from the south because they were evacuated from the war or sending some essential needs to soldiers who, who need it. So it's a very uh, special situation. Describe your early life in Judaism. I grew up in a traditional Jewish homes. We have had uh, between five to seven synagogues around my house. I was always engaged with different kinds of Jewish people attending synagogues time to time with my uncle and with my grandfather. However, the God that was presented to me in Judaism was a very transcendental God with very far God who only demands and I could not relate to him. And so I was more interested in doing other stuff like playing football. What began you questioning Judaism? First, I was just indifferent to Judaism. I follow other gods, other idols, I would say, as I said, like footballs and women's and other stuff that life has to offer me. And those were my gods. 
But more than that, when I was 16 years old, my cousin, a very loved cousin by all the family, unfortunately, was diagnosed with a very severe cancer. And the doctor have said that he only has one month to live. So you can imagine how my uncle and his wife have felt at that point. They were so desperate that they wanted to invite a rabbi to come to the hospital and to pray for him that something may happen. And the rabbi they have approached asked for a 50,000 shekel to come to the hospital. That would be around $15,000. And when I've heard that, I knew that I knew that I knew that if there is a God, it doesn't work like that. You can't make business with God. And I was disgusted by that. So this helped me to be more open to other ideas later on in my life. How were you first exposed to Christianity? I mentioned earlier that I have played uh, football. And when I'm saying football, I mean real football, soccer. In my team, we, uh, we had few Christian Arabs. And this basically were the first time that I came into contact with Arab people, even though I grew up near Tel Aviv and it's very close to Jaffa when there are Arab communities. This was the first time that I got to meet Arabs on a regular basis. And as we were training several times a week, we became friends. In fact, we became best friends and their love for me really warmed my heart. And I began to question what is their religion? I was shocked by the way they loved me. I, I realized that not every Arab is a terrorist and not every Jew is a saint. And in addition to that, I like history. And so I wanted to know what my friend believes. But as a Jewish Israeli, you don't know anything about Jesus. And this is something that you must know. There is an incomprehensible ignorance in Israel regarding Jesus. Christianity is the ultimate hader. And I wanted to know what my friends believe. And so I Googled it. I was a bit embarrassed to ask them. And I was, of course, embarrassed to ask my Jewish friends or someone in my family. So I Googled it. And then I read the New Testament online. And I was so surprised to read the Gospel of Matthew. I thought that I'm probably going to read about Mrs. and Mr. Christ, going to read perhaps Emmanuel, how to persecute Jewish people, because we do know a little bit about the Crusades and other things that happen in the history in Jewish-Christian relations. This we know. But then I read the Gospel of Matthew and see all this list of Jewish names from Abraham to David and to Jesus, who is called the Messiah, was so surprised. And there they're engaged with Jewish concepts such as the kingdom of heaven, Malchut Hashemayim, and the Messiah, and they're bringing in Jewish hopes. So I was astonished that I never heard about it. But what really made an impact on me is when I read the words of Jesus, his teaching and his action, I could not stay indifferent to his teaching. It was like a food when you smell it, even though you're not hungry, once you smell it, then you, your appetite is growing. That's what happened to me when I read the New Testament. I just looked for history. I wanted to know a little bit about it. 
And when I read the New Testament, read the Gospel of Matthew, the words of Jesus brought me into him. And along that, I began to see some references that the New Testament is making to the Tanakh, to the Old Testament. And that was a very enlightening time for me. And uh, as I look back, I know that during the reading, it is the Holy Spirit who has called me by the gospel and enlightened me with his gifts. Talk about your spiritual struggle before you found a church. When I read the New Testament, what I just described, it was a very surprising time for me, but it was still more of a cognitive acknowledgement that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the one that our people was waiting for. But life went on and I never attended a church at that time. And the whole message of Jesus and the reality of his presence just went to the back of my mind. And I began to work in sales, moved to Germany, moved to Ireland, and was at that time making quite a lot of money. And when I returned to Israel, I had a girlfriend and I had some stuff that middle, someone in the mid 20s is supposed to be very happy about, but I was empty. I, I was miserable. And what made me even more concerned that I could not point why I was like that. That led me to search also for a church, to look for people who claim to believe in Jesus. Talk about your baptism in 2015. So when I looked for a church, uh, in fact, there was only one Protestant church in Tel Aviv. I could not go to one of my Arab friends' church that was in Arabic. And so I looked for a church that conducting services in Hebrew and in English. And there was only one church like that. And that was a Lutheran church. And I began to attend and visit with the pastor there, attending the services regularly, hearing the word of God regularly. And during this season, I realized, in fact, that I am a sinner, that it is God I hurt the most. It's God's law I broke. It's God's anger I provoked. It's God's judgment I deserve. And it's God's mercy I need. And later on, I asked to be baptized and then in April 2015 I was baptized by Father Christian Rasmussen from Denmark in the River Jordan and was initiated into the Church of Christ. Sahar Sadlovsky is our guest. He's a former adherent to Judaism. We're hearing about his journey to confessional Lutheranism. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. When we come back, how did his family react to his conversion to Christianity? This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our study of the book of beginnings, Genesis, with Enosh to Enoch, Methuselah to Noah, corruption increasing, God speaks to Noah, and God's covenant with Noah foretold. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
The Christian religion is not like a buffet line, a modern smorgasbord of beliefs offering a wide range of tempting choices. Rather, it is the good deposit handed down to us in the scriptures through the history of the church that we might believe and confess who Jesus Christ is. To learn more about Pick and Choose Religion, pick up your copy of the November issue of The Lutheran Witness. To subscribe, visit cph.org witness or learn more at our website witness.lcms.org. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Tennessee is one of the most beautiful places in the USA, and at Praise Lutheran, you'll find the most beautiful gospel, God saving sinners through the death and resurrection of His Son for you, given faithfully each Sunday in word and sacrament. Praise Lutheran is a confessional liturgical church located in Maryville, Tennessee, right in the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. We're growing, but there's always room for you. Visit us online at praiselutheran.com. This is Kevin Hildebrand, cantor at Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, inviting you to our campus in November for the annual Good Shepherd Institute Conference, November 5th through 7th. This year's conference includes addresses by Brian Spinks, Paul Grimm, and James Busher, and there's excellent music, including a Bach cantata with the Seminary Contarai and a hymn festival at St. Paul's Lutheran Church. For complete details, visit ctsfw.edu slash gsi. Grace, faith, scripture, and Christ alone. You're listening to Issues Etc. The weather is changing, the leaves are falling, and you'll soon be setting up your church's Christmon tree this Advent. But there's a problem. Remember, Aunt Mabel's Christmons are from the 80s. They're made of styrofoam. The glitter has dropped off and they're being held together with toothpicks. Rush on over to Ad Crucem to fix the situation. We offer all the old designs and a whole lot of new ones. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. Memoria Press's award-winning Latin programs have successfully taught hundreds of thousands of students across the world. Their easy-to-use, step-by-step Latin curriculum provides students with an academic vocabulary, a mastery of English grammar, and strong critical thinking skills. If you're interested in learning more, visit them at memoriapress.com and use the coupon code LPR24 at checkout. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. Sohar Sadlowski is our guest. We're hearing about his path from Judaism to confessional Lutheranism. We're wrapping up Issues Etc. Reformation Week, our theme, Paths to Lutheranism. Sohar, how did your family react to your conversion to Christianity? When I was attending a church or a talk about Jesus, they did not bother so much, actually. They thought it's just an episode that will pass away. But only when I was baptized they were freaked out. And ironically, and this is very interesting, sometimes non-believing Jews will have higher view of baptism than Christians. They knew it's not a symbol. They knew that in baptism, I somehow enter into a new family. I've been granted a new identity. And so they were talking with the local rabbis. They wanted me to meet some rabbis to discuss and they were very ashamed because of the neighbors who lived around our, my parents' house. 
but they learned to live with it. They saw that I'm still see myself as Jewish on, on a national level, still see myself as part of the community. I'm, I'm an Israeli and see myself having a national solidarity. And of course, the presence of my wife and our two little girls helps to keep us all in good terms. They even came to our wedding that was conducted in the church and also to the baptism of our daughter, Stea and Adiel. What sparked your interest in Lutheran theology? I was enrolled into the Israel College of the Bible in the city of Natania, 30 minutes from Tel Aviv. That was an evangelical institution. And when we begin our studies, I realized that they having some kind of different approach than what my church is having. And I thought this is my duty to learn the differences. I This is my narrative. I came into a Lutheran church, not because it was a Lutheran, because that was the only church that I came across. And I thought it's my duty to learn. And the more I investigate, the more I learned and digged in, the more Lutheran I became. The more I convinced I became that the Lutheran confession is the right teaching, the most faithful teaching of the Bible. So how were you exposed to confessional Lutheranism? So my wife is a Swede. She was a tourist. She visited Israel and she attended my church, which as maybe I mentioned that it was a kind of a semi-Lutheran church. It had its Lutheran marks, but it wasn't, didn't emphasize, was not so Lutheran in all its practices, let's say. But yeah, she attended our church and there we met. And during the time of our, when we were engaged, I visited Sweden and she exposed me to her pastors and to other clergy and laity. She is a member of the Mission Province of Sweden. It's a confessional Lutheran church body in Sweden. And in addition to that, there was a season in my church that wasn't so good, I would say. We have been starved spiritually. The word of God was not preached properly. And at that time, in a Lutheran Facebook group called Confessional Lutheran Fellowship, I was referred to the sermons of Father Eric Phillips from Concordia Lutheran Church, Nashville. And Maria and I, every Sunday, have listened online to the service of Pastor Phillips and to his sermons. And they were like, I would say, water, cold, fresh waters in the desert. They really sustained us for a few years, actually. We have not had a, a stable church life after my former pastors who baptized me has left back to Denmark. And through Eric Phillips, through other Lutherans in Sweden and in the United States from among the LCMS and ELS as well, I've learned more about confessional Lutheranism and the more eager to be like that, to be a confessional Lutheran, that's what I wanted to be. You say that the discovery of confessional Lutheran theology and practice was life-changing. What do you mean by that, Sahar? Although I was a Lutheran, I was a Lutheran and was part of a Lutheran church, the true meaning of the divine service was not brought to my attention. And what I mean by that is that 
when I discover that in the divine service, it is God who serves us, not we serving him primarily. It is he who comes to us with his gifts. It changed my whole spirituality. It changed the, the whole way, the way I think about God, the way I think about praying, the way I think about coming to church. And likewise, when I learned the great value of the proper use of the sacraments, which makes the grace of God certain to me, it brought me so much joy and changed the way I think. I remember I had a lot of doubts, a lot of questioning of my own faith and whether I am actually in the faith, whether God loves me or uh, if he elected me among in that institution and in where I study in the college, there was a lot of talks about the doctrine of election. They were pretty much Calvinist, I would say. But then when I discovered the use of the sacramental reality of the Lutheran church, it was like a second, second birth. I like to, to phrase it like that because it makes my whole Christianity different. You are studying for the ministry. What is that like for you? The Master of Sacred Theology is a great blessing for me. This is part of my pastoral formation that the Mission Province have set for me. I have not mentioned it earlier. I am now a candidate to the Office of the Holy Ministry, and in part of it, I'm doing the STM program. And I'm studying under the best teachers and in very interesting and edifying classes. And this program is, is really vital and helps me a lot to grow and an understanding of uh, Lutheranism. And uh, I'm glad that I could take this program, and especially in Sweden, the program that CTS offer in Sweden, because then I can combine it with other classes for my pastoral formation. So... Uh, I'm very glad for that. So far, Sadlovsky's our guest. We're talking about his journey from Judaism to confessional Lutheranism. He also will tell us about plans to plan a confessional Lutheran congregation in Israel. In 1521, at the Diet of Worms, Martin Luther was asked to recant his writings. Luther responded, Unless I am convinced from the sacred scriptures that I am in error, I cannot and will not recant. Here I stand, I cannot do otherwise. God help me. Amen. Will you stand with us as we proclaim these Reformation truths in the 21st century? You can take your stand by becoming a monthly or annual contributor to Issues Etc., Find out the benefits of becoming an Issues Etc. confessor, apologist, reformer, or patron on the Support Donate page at issuesetc.org. Click the picture of Martin Luther posting the 95 Theses. Help us proclaim the solas of the Reformation. Scripture, faith, grace, and Christ alone. Here we stand, Issues Etc. and you. More topics, more guests. More Jesus. You're listening to Issues Etc. Christological. My friends, Jesus comes only for sinners. Historical. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. 
and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by... Sacramental. Take and eat. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given unto death for your sins. To find a Christological, historical, and sacramental church near you, go to issuesetc.org and click Find a Church. Issues, etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. It's our series, Paths to Lutheranism. Sahar Shadlovsky is telling us about his path from Judaism to Lutheranism. Folks, if you've enjoyed our Paths to Lutheranism series this week, please partner with us by joining the Issues, etc. Reformation Club. It's a group of faithful listeners who pledge to support this worldwide outreach monthly or annually. Reformation Club members receive benefits like shirts, books, broadcast transcripts, and advertising for their confessional Lutheran church. Learn more about becoming an Issues Etc. confessor, apologist, reformer, or patron on the support donate page at issuesetc.org. Look for the picture of Martin Luther posting the 95 Theses or by giving us a call. 618-223-8385, the Issues Etc. Reformation Club. So, Har, tell us about plans to plan a confessional Lutheran congregation in Israel. Yes, this is an important issue, not the least for American Lutherans who would like to promote confessional Lutheranism. There are not many uh, Christians in Israel. You have the Messianics, you have the Arab, the Messianics congregations, or basically Christian Zionists, Evangelicals, and you've got few Arab Christians. But there is no one local Hebrew Lutheran church. And we want to bring the pure word of God to our people. And in the past two years, the Mission Province of Sweden, the LCMS Eurasia, and the Mission Diocese of Finland have joined forces with the aim of planting the first confessional Lutheran church among the Israeli Jews in Israel and the Arabs, of course, who live around. And currently, we have a small co-group that meet in my house every Wednesday. We're having a Vesper that I lead with uh, following the Swedish lectionary. And I'm having a small speech and it's all done in Hebrew. We prepare the whole Vespers. And once a month, a pastor from Sweden or from Finland coming down to Tel Aviv to provide pastoral care and celebrate mass. And we are working also on translating the Book of Concord to Hebrew, beginning with the Catechisms and the Augsburg Confession. And we're also working on preparing the liturgy for our church in Hebrew. And as you might have noticed, it's a really pioneering work. We are starting from scratch. It's a very exciting, but also challenging, and much prayer are needed. Why should confessional Lutherans around the world be involved in mission to Jewish people in Israel? I think it is good to think about the Jewish people as an old brother who left the faith. If you have a whole brother who grown up with you in a Christian home and he left the faith, you grieve for him. You want him to come back. You know that the gifts of God are pertained to him and you wish for him to go back. And I think that the church should 
look at the Jewish people with this kind of solidarity, with this kind of, of uh, loving identification to bring the gospel to the Jewish people who to him belong the covenant, all the blessings, but they don't have that one thing that is all about, and that is Christ. And many Christians who support the mission in Israel are actually falling into two groups. On the one hand, you've got the Christian Zionists, the evangelical, who are sending much money and support to the Messianic congregation. And on the other hand, you've got the liberal Christians who support financially and politically the Arab churches in the Arab territories in Israel, including Jerusalem and even the West Bank, like, for instance, the ELCA or the European state churches in Europe. But there is no real confessional Lutheran mission here that its whole aim and concern is to bring the word of God to the Jewish people in Israel. And I think that this is a great exciting opportunity for confessional Lutheran churches around the world to get involved and be involved in bringing the pure and sweet gospel of Jesus in form of word and sacraments to the people in the land, the land that Jesus walked and died and rose again for us and for our salvation. You wanted our listeners to know that when it comes to questions of eschatology, we mentioned the support from evangelicals Largely, that's because of their end times views. They believe that the nation state of Israel plays some sort of vital role in end times prophecy. You say you don't hold those views. I don't. I think you don't need a special reason to love the Jewish people and to want to bring the gospel to them. The gospel is enough natural motivation to love the Jewish people. And as I mentioned earlier, it's about loving identification with the mission to the Jewish people, that the gospel is for them first, and to look at them as that older brother who remain outside the party, like in the prodigal son, and to identify with the father who staying outside and pleading with them to come in. And I think that's why we should evangelize to my people, to bring them the gospel that came from them to provoke jealousy into them. But that doesn't mean that we must hold to some literal or romantic interpretation about a national restoration of the Jewish people or to believe that the establishment of the states of Israel, that's a fulfillment of a prophecy. You don't need to hold this view in order to love the Jewish people and share the gospel with them. So, Har, who are the Israeli Jews and are they and the Israeli government open to Christian evangelism? This is a good question because I have noticed that Americans, when they think about Jewish people, they think about the Jewish people they know in America. And it's quite different when you live as a minority than the way you live as a majority. And the people in, in Israel are quite different, uh, particularly in Tel Aviv, there are uh, more liberals, but their Jewishness, their identity is more based of a nationality than religion. So, for example, if you would ask most Jews what would make you a good Jewish person, that they would not tell you to fulfill the law, to follow the Torah, etc. They would tell you to do the army, to be sad in the Holocaust day. So it's more about the nationality. And often 
people in Israel find Christianity as an exotic religion that they would like to inquire. Jews, when they live abroad, they may feel threatened of assimilation. So they always are protective and conscious about their identity. But when you live in Israel, when everybody is Jews, you don't think about it. And so they are more open to other ideas. And this is uh, what happened to many people who have learned about Jesus. What would you say to someone who's practicing Judaism? Why should they consider confessional Lutheranism? There are various reasons. First, Lutheranism is not a faith that actually began in the 16th centuries. It is going back to the New Testament. Our self-identity as Lutherans is the true church that Christ has established. We follow the doctrine of the apostles. And the apostles and the Messiah themselves were Jews. And we believe that Jesus is the Messiah and he is the crescendo of the Jewish hope. This is the crescendo, the climax of all the hope of us and our forefathers. In addition to that, confessional Lutheranism have a high view of the liturgy. You see, when God is giving the law to Israel at Mount Sinai, he gave them also a culture of worship, of rituals. And that culture continues in the people of God, even into the second temple worship and also to the church. The right understanding that Luther has reached when he discovered the gospel is the synthesis, the perfect synthesis of the temple worship and the synagogue worship in the second temple Judaism. And so as Jewish people, when we join the divine service in the Lutheran church, we are looking back into the roots of our people into the roots of our forefathers but at the same times we worship in light of the messiah and the spirit and receiving uh, the gifts that our messiah wishes to give us every time he meets us in the liturgy and this is just another reason why as a jewish person i myself feel so comfortable in the church that on the one hand it's so jewish and on the other end, it has something different. And that is its Christological emphasis that we enjoy every Sunday or every Saturday, for that matter, in Israel. As Jews, we often are very eager to fulfill the law. And in the way Jesus teaches us and the way Lutheran brings it and emphasizes it, we fulfill the law by putting our faith in Christ, just as the Jewish apostle Paul discovered on the way to Damascus, and as Luther discovered also in the Reformation. Sahar Shadlovsky is a former adherent to Judaism. He's studying for the ministry in Scandinavia, a program of Concordia Theological Seminary, and he joined us from Tel Aviv. Sahar, thank you very much, and stay safe. Thank you for having me. Issues Etc. has been brought to you in part this week by LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces. Lutheran Church Missouri Synod chaplains deliver word and sacrament ministry to our military personnel and their families. Find out about their service at lcms.org slash armed forces, lcms.org slash armed forces. Monday on Issues Etc., Pastor Will Whedon of The Word of the Lord Endures Forever will respond to your questions on the proper distinction between law and gospel. 
We'll be giving away copies of Law and Gospel by CFW Walther to listeners with the best questions. Submit your questions by calling the Issues Etc. comment line 618-223-8382. 618-223-8382. One common theme in all of our conversations about people's various paths to Lutheranism is the Word of God. Really, the only thing that brings someone to a knowledge of the truth is the Holy Spirit speaking through that Word. I'm Todd Wilkin. Go to church on Sunday. Thanks for listening to Issues Etc. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. Would you like to learn about the Reformation theology you hear on Issues Etc.? We'll send you a pamphlet of Luther's small catechism for free. It contains the biblical teachings on the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, Baptism, the Lord's Supper, and Confession and Absolution. Order your free copy of Luther's small catechism today. Just send your name and mailing address to talkback at issuesetc.org. The Grace of God, the Church's Music, the Lord's Supper every service every Sunday, preaching Christ crucified and risen, our hope for years to come, there is hope in St. Louis, Hope Lutheran Church, that is. 5218 Neosho Street, St. Louis, Missouri. Find us on the web at hopelutheranstl.org. I am beautiful because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am accepted because I'm a part of his family through Jesus' shed blood. Unity Lutheran School in East St. Louis, Illinois, shines the light of Christ in one of the most impoverished cities in America. Learn how to support their mission work at unityesl.org. Unityesl.org. Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I say yes to God in His ways.